One of my favorite stories to find out or to collect is whenever I get to work with someone who hosts concerts is to ask them, okay, so the artists you've worked for, do they have any weird requests? Because artists, of course, can be a little bit finicky when it comes to the things that they want when uh, they request like the room before so. For instance, a collection of these was put together. This is my all-time favorite. Zayabs with AJ on VFX. Hope you're having a good morning. Uh, Justin Timberlake, for instance, he has his doorknob sanitized every two hours. Every two hours. Can you imagine me, the person working backstage, and then you're like, oh, alarm went off. I got to go handle that. Um, Selena Gomez, after a breakup with Justin Bieber, she had one of those people on her team named Justin go by different names, which, you know, that's fair. But, like, I don't want to say who, but I found out Charlie Poots' two weird ones, according to the person that I got to talk to, was he wanted a puppy, which I feel like as I've seen some videos on TikTok now isn't super uncommon, but he wanted gummy bears that were not too chewy, but not too firm. And it's, it's like, how do you figure that out? Like, do we have to test them? Or are we going to have to sit down here and like order all these different brands and you eat some? And what do you think? Too chewy? A little too chewy? Okay. Uh, Jennifer Lopez prefers an all-white dressing room to keep her mind at spirit and at ease. So white candles, couches, tables, and flowers. Which... I think it makes sense, but man, can you imagine the amount of work to put in? Like, if your room is not white, you have to go get a white couch. You have to paint it white. You have to find white furniture, white accessories, all of that. Like, what a royal pain in the butt to get all of that set up. And I was trying to think, okay, so if you're an artist, what is the thing that you would want in terms of um Putting what what it's the thing you would demand before your show. Like Britney Spears at a London show requested McDonald's cheeseburgers without the buns, a hundred figs and prunes, toothpaste, fish and chips, and a framed photo of Princess Diana. Like it's just the, not the most difficult, just starting to get more and more unusual. I I mean, I would love to play with a puppy. It's hard to argue with the puppy one. When I heard it originally, I was like, oh, that's weird. But like, who's not gonna feel good playing? Let's gonna put you in a good mood. And in terms of food, I might go with the Metallica one, which is bacon with every meal. Like, it's just, it's funny to hear those stories and to see whether or not I think they're royally difficult or not. And I'm so glad that the list was put together. And maybe that's uh, someone's job, just specifically design the room as the celebrity wants it for the performance they're going to do. I have discovered, though, that it really is true that confidence is key. And I really think you can just make up a job title and get away with it. There's a new ology that has to do with the study of Oreos. I'm not making this up, which we will get to. And I think because of this, I've invented producer butters a new job as well. Confidence is key. I think if you get a business card and just get one person to pay for some services that you completely invent, then it's legitimate. I mean, how else do you explain the lady in New York who charges up to $10,000 to name someone's baby? Like, who's paying ten grand for that? AMs with AJ on VFX and MIT doing the exact same thing. They committed Oreology studies or the possibility of splitting an Oreo perfectly. So there's an even amount of cream on both waivers. According to their studies, as it turns out, no, there is not. They 3D printed up instruments for the whole thing and they studied Oreology. And because of their reputation, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's MIT. So I told producer Butters, I said, you should do the exact same thing. Fun fact about producer butters. So when I do spring sports, right, I got to print out rosters. 
I am not the greatest with spreadsheets. It's not something I ever dabbled into. Like, I can do basics, but Producer Butters is a whiz at it. So there's a lot of times I have him help me out because he makes them look all nice and organized, and he knows all the tricks and the shortcuts or whatever. And I told him yesterday, I said, you know, you really ought to just invent the job, like, spreadsheet feng shuier. And businesses ought to bring you in. You ought to make them look real nice and pretty so they're presentable. And you ought to be good to go. And I said, you could charge an exorbitant fee because you're basically a consultant who comes in and does work for them. And he laughed about it. I was like, man, you just get one person to pay for it. And all of a sudden, you got a business card. It's like, here's what I do. I'm a spreadsheet feng shuier. I make sure the spreadsheets look nice and pretty. They give off a good look for your presentation. They look professional. Done. I mean, honestly, if a university, which is considered one of the, I mean, for engineering and all that, one of the most intelligent one, if they can study, quote, oreology, and again, can we talk about the fact that science spent time, like, who really needed to know this? I'm sure it was a fun experiment that maybe some kid came up with a project and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Why? Why did we need to know if you could perfectly split an Oreo in half with hat, cream perfectly on both sides? Why did we waste the time and effort on that? Shouldn't the, the people that are way smarter than you and I be trying to figure out how to solve some other problems, like how anybody could afford a G-darn house? That would be nice. Figure that one out. <sighs> confidence is key. Fake it till you make it. And if you don't have confidence, don't answer the question. Look, I'm not saying the customer service has an easy job. I'm just saying if you're calling me about a fraudulent purchase on my card, you might want to change the first question he asked me to confirm my identity. Because I don't want to double down on more fraudulent purpose purchases on my card. That happened to me like two days ago. Probably not changing passwords because who does that? But this is your reminder to maybe just check your uh, any of your credit card logins just to make sure. Because yesterday I got a notification. Hey, did you make a purchase for like $445 at this thing that I don't know what it is? And I was like, no. And then, So then I got a text back that said, call this number. <laughs> AMs with AJ, it's the uh, debated date on VFX, which I suppose is a good setup for a scam. And so I was a little bit trepidous because I logged in and yes, there was a charge there. And I was like, yeah, I didn't make this from ZA, Zanzibar, Zimbabwe. I don't know. So I called the number and the person answers the phone and it's someone who says their name that is definitely not their name. And they go through their whole spiel and they go, okay, so before we continue, can I have your full name and give my name? Can I have your credit card information? And I was like, ha! Good one. I was like, yeah, I just got a random text about this charge and now a random phone number I'm calling. I don't feel comfortable giving you my 16-digit credit card information. I'm not going to do that. And really, I think it was the right call because then they're like, okay, what's the phone number that's associated with the card? And I gave them my number. They're like, well, we don't have that on record. And then they directed me to the place I needed to go when they finally found out my bank, who I told them the same thing. I'm not going to give you my credit card information either because I don't know who I'm talking to right now. And I'm dealing with a fraudulent purchase and by all accounts we'll see it has been since remedied but it's really ironic like if you have a relationship with your credit union or your bank I think that's one thing I'm like oh yeah here's the number but like just to call a random hotline number I'm sorry no I'm not going to give you that I'm here because someone already has that information let's not make that easier to double down on I think this is why partially the chip thing, all of a sudden I'm reading about that. I'm like, hey, you know, putting a chip in my hand so I can just have that to swipe my card. Not a bad idea. But <laughs> the other thing that annoyed me is I understand a filter process or whatever, but the notification came from my bank or the app, I guess, that I have because I wouldn't say it's necessarily the bank, but the app I have that the credit card I have had a, f a suspicious purchase. 
And I was like, uh, not UT. That's where I'm at. Yep, definitely not me. But then they were like, we're going to send you to a generic one. Just give me the line to yours. Because clearly there was a, a department for my financial institution to go through for fraud. Why did I have to go through the other people first? Just annoys me. So someone spent like a thousand bucks on me somewhere else in the world. I don't know where. Luckily, the app was paying attention because I don't check that one very often because I don't use that card very often. So smart play on them. But uh, I'm just going to defer to never giving out my credit card information ever on the phone. Not that I did, but definitely not now because I don't care who you are. There's other pieces of information I can give you I feel safer with that'll find me. My favorite is I have to follow up with them because there were charges that were pending and they can't dispute them until they actually go through. Otherwise, they're just hypothetical charges that are sitting out there. So I have to call them and probably do the whole thing again and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Here's my name. You can find it from there and go through the exact same things all over again. It's a very low, 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 low key version of Florida. Not, it's just not as you know high strung. But there, you know, today I've got the bride and caregiver secretly drugging all of the wedding guests. And then, you know, a diversion that burned down an entire Home Depot. You know, you got to respect the Florida not criminal for remembering a diversion is a good way to go. Because so many we see get hung up on the fact that they leave their ID with the place they're interviewing and robbing. Or they call an Uber or a taxi cab to make the getaway. And they're like, yeah, those people are going to rat you out. They have no incentive to protect you. Florida not Abe's with AJ out VFX. The problem is, headline number one, an entire Home Depot burned down after a criminal decided to start a fire in one of the aisles as a diversion and eventually got so big you could see it from space. Close. Close. Headline number two, apparently, way back in February, it was found out that a bride and the caterer secretly spiked the food with marijuana and are now both facing felony charges. Weird twist, the groom was not involved. Is this some kind of tryst we don't know about? A prank that the groom wasn't involved in? That sounds a little bit suspicious, especially on your magical day. Also, hesitant now to try the food at the next wedding I go to. Which one of these stories is from Florida? Which one isn't? 99% of dumb stories when it comes to criminals are from Florida. We collect them all to muddy up the water. So can you sort out which one is which? It is amazing that no one was heard in today's Florida or not. Seriously. Like, what? Look, I gave kudos for the diversion, but, like, you're supposed to have a conversion that's controlled. And that was more so tongue-in-cheek than anything. Florida not with AMs with AJ on VFX because it's story number one. A guy decided he was going to steal a bunch of tools and realized, you know what? I need a diversion. I need a diversion to make this work. So he started a small fire in an aisle of a Home Depot while he tried to make his getaway. Someone tried to stop him and he got to his getaway car and the entire Home Depot burned to the ground. Apparently it was so large you could see it from space. He has since been arrested and thank goodness no one was hurt despite $17 million worth of inventory burning up. Wow. And then I don't know what to make of story number two. I mean, in all seriousness, apparently back in February, a lady was getting married and decided as a fun little joke that she and the caterer who was in on it and actually owned the restaurant that was catering decided that they were going to put marijuana or lace the oil that was with the pasta with marijuana, so it was going to be, quote, a little present for everybody. People got paranoid. People got sick. People got, of course, out of their normal minds and freaked out, and everyone did not enjoy it. Luckily, no one was actually seriously injured, and I think it's really, really curious that the groom 
had no idea this was working. The groom wasn't clued in on it. And I got to think that he's going to come back and be like, so about that, like, is there a stipulation where if she gets arrested, like, I can just get out of this? Like, that's not in the till death that we part part, right? Like, pass. So the question is, <laughs> these two absolutely ridiculous stories, it's hard to sit there and laugh and say any one of them is more ha-ha than the other because they're both a little scary. Luckily, nothing worked out or nothing or everything worked out in terms of that. So which one would you go with? Toss-up, I would say... Story number one. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Story number one happened in San Jose. Story number two was actually the one that happened in Florida. And I, yeah, that's, that's a thing. So maybe, maybe slow, slow eating. Always just a little, try a little bit next wedding. I'm a little bit curious because the next wedding I think I'm going to attend is my best friends. And no, this will not happen. But he's not the type of person that wouldn't necessarily pull a prank. Florida not on VFX. Okay, so parking, a big concern on AMs with AJ, right? We got Parknarts vote today, The not, not technically the last day because we got till late tomorrow morning, but if you haven't, Utah's VFX on our social media. But how about this? So for my a place of domicile, we have a parking lot, and there's enough cars that rotate through the four spots that are right there for me and my neighbor that I get to park in that people next door ask if I know who that vehicle is. So the question is, what do I do about that? And there's another hypothetical situation that gets on about this as well when it comes to the maybe person who owns the building you live in maybe taking up one of your spots. What if it's an inside job to steal your parking space? AMs with AJ on VFX. So here's the deal. I live in a triplex, and on one side, there are four designated spots, two for me and two for my upstairs neighbor. But we share the parking lot with a business that I've used before, and the guy there's nice, so... I would call us friendly acquaintances. We we chit chat every once in a while and nice guy. But there's a car in particular over the last year and a half that has moved. It's this gold car. It's moved. And the other day, landlord came up to me because it had moved out of our designated spots into one of his spots and said, do you know whose car that is? And I said, no, I can tell you it's not mine, but I know that it's been here a while. He said, huh, well, it's taken up one of my spots. I, I don't know. I promise you I, I do not drive it, nor does my girlfriend. And he walked off, and I was like, man, that car's been here a lot. Whose car could it be? Like, Because I was convinced it was my neighbor's because it was in our spot, but I've never seen my neighbor drive it. So I was talking to Ashley back, like, man, whose car do you think that is? And I was like, you don't think. You don't think it could be the landlord, right? Like, maybe they just have a car to store for a minute, and they just thought, ah, well, we got the space there, so we'll store it on the spot. It's like, that would be kind of rude, because as we know, parking is at a premium. Especially, I gotta be honest, especially now, a good thing we're coming out, but like in the winter, right? You can't park on the side of the street because of the snow plows and all that. And you wanna get boxes in, it's also just a hazard for yourself. But I was like, that'd be kind of a really jerk move because that's part of the rent, right? Like we pay the rent to have also these two designated spots. It was one of my big gripes with one of the first places I moved into. You had to pay peck extra to get one of the awning spots, right, to get protected, but I, I, I didn't, and I was like, I should have because there's not enough spots for everybody else. There's not enough free spots for everybody else that lives there, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I feel like if I, I pay to live here, I should be able to find a spot decent enough close to my place, but the question is, so if, if it is the landlord, what do you do? Because immediately, girlfriend was like, whoa, 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 let's talk about this because I know... There's people that are in the business that doesn't share that parking lot that parked it before, and I've gone in there and, and told them what for, and she told me I was a jerk about it. 
Uh, on the line is uh, Allie. Allie, what would you do? You found out your landlord had taken up your spot. I would absolutely lose my mind. Like, I pay extra to be able to have a parking spot where I live. And if somebody else was parked there, I don't care who it is. I would absolutely have them towed. Like, I mean, that means like coming home to find that your landlord has just let someone, maybe them, sleep on your couch while you were gone. It's just like, that's not cool. Okay, th- that's a little bit different. That's a little bit more personal evasion. But, but I get I get it. I get it. I, get, I don't know that I would do that. And you know, I guess you don't have to confess to it either. Like, oh, that's so weird that that happened. I can't believe it. I, I, I feel uncomfortable going that far because they do control, you know, whether or not you get to stay there. So uh, 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 maybe, maybe I'm calming down in my older age. Actually, speaking of my older age, I did something yesterday that was a huge step for me that I've never done before. And I know it was a big deal because when I came home, my girlfriend was giddy that the whole day went well. One of the most terrifying experiences of adult life is hanging out with the in-laws. Solo. Aims with AJ on VFX. And actually, scientifically, it's been uh, proven that I think father-in-laws and mother-in-laws when it comes to son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws respectively, right? Pair them off uh, by genders are more genetically disposed to having conflict because of the basically wanting to protect their kid, though mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws generally conflict more than father-in-laws and son-in-laws. But yesterday, big achievement for me, hung out with the father-in-law solo, and it went great. And I know it was a big deal because I honestly didn't make anything of it. We went golfing. I was like, what, what's going to be – I mean, we're going to drive around in the cart and have to chit-chat – but, I mean, it's golf. It's going to be a good time. And my father-in-law is a jokester and he's easy to talk to. But I know it was a big deal because when I got home, girlfriend couldn't be any more giddy about it, how well it went. I was like, yeah, we went golfing. Honestly, the worst thing that happened is I've got a weird tan on the back of my hand and, like, a farmer's tan on my calves from my shorts yesterday because, stupid me, I was like, ah, it's you, Ty. I didn't think about it because we haven't had the sunshine or nice weather, so I just spaced. But, yeah, it went totally fine. It, I Admittedly, admittedly, early on, I think her nerves affected my nerves. I had a little nerves about it because it's a big deal. I've never done that. I've never done a solo day with, well, I've never had a father-in-law, but even potential future and father-in-laws in the past, never had it. It went awesome. So I don't know if this is what an adult, being an adult feels like, but it was great. Though if more of my events, business meetings, honestly, that's, I think the way you cleverly disguise them could revolve around golf. That would be the best thing possible because that made it super duper easy. Um, actually, speaking about uh, this this day with the father-in-law, purely hypothetical, wink, but purely hypothetical. If there was a way to ask, um, you're going to ask the permission question, right? Because you're supposed to ask the father. My question is, is there a way you're supposed to go about that? Just purely thinking out loud. Is there like a, a, a case by or how you should do that? Because it feels like it shouldn't be something totally informal. But I got to be honest, I'm panicking so much about it that I'm not really sure how I would necessarily go about it. So I'm just kind of curious as we kind of thought vomit our way through it. Is there a protocol for asking the father of your girlfriend permission to seek her hand in marriage? This is just feel. It feels like the answer is no, but it also feels like there's some there's some do's and don'ts, right? Because it's important. There has to be. Aims with AJ on VFX. Like, hypothetically, I don't know that necessarily you want to wine and dine them. Or, excuse me, I don't think you have to wine and dine them. I think anything you could do to smooth anybody up would be would be fine. But, you know, 
thinking to myself, it, it probably would be something, you know, depend on depending on the father, a little more casual maybe. It just feels like it's such an important question that you can't really cheapen the moment or don't want to cheapen the moment with something completely hypothetical, like, or complete, not hypothetical, excuse me, completely, um, I don't know, super casual, like hypothetically, if I had went golfing with my girlfriend's dad and we had a really good time and then I used that opportunity to ask for permission to uh, marry his daughter, that would probably, even though the day was good, that would probably seem a little bit too casual, right? Because it just feels like you kind of want to, I don't know, you get in your own head. Maybe this is just me and all my paranoia and guilt, but I feel like you get in your own head and then you look back and you go like, does that, does that have an effect? Like, they're not related incidents, right? You either got the permission or you didn't. But it just feels like you start tying the stuff together, right? Like, the shopping for rings part should be a special experience. And then, like, whenever you get to it, the talking about the venue and looking at the venues. Like, this whole, all of them are interconnected, and so you don't want to cheapen any of them. Because it's, ideally, as everyone says, you're going to do it just the one time. So you want them to all be really special and as close to perfect as possible. But the thing is, I didn't think to ask and probably should have. But, you know, no one ever comes up and say, hey, how are you going to ask the dad? I don't know. Ask him. Like, wait till I get him alone. Hopefully he's in a good mood and we've, you know, did something or whatever. And then ask him. I think it'll be fine. Because honestly, the other part of it is too, and this might feed into the casualness of hypothetically asking your girlfriend's father at golf. But hypothetically, you probably kind of know going in, right, what the answer is going to be. They, you, you've got to have gotten the vibe, right? You, you got to know that they either kind of like you or they kind of don't. Now, may, maybe, maybe it's one of those situations where they personally don't, and you're not, you're not their favorite, but they know how happy you make their significant their their daughter, and you know whatever. Maybe it's one of those things where you're sweating bullets a little bit, but I feel like going in, you kind of know what it is, and if you're confident in the answer, that might play a factor into it. Hypothetically, I'm just saying, if I had, if I had had played golf with my uh, future father-in-law, and I had asked him there, looking back retro- retrospectively, feels a little bit too casual at the moment. I feel like I, I could have done something a little bit more special about it, me personally. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ponder that one. Get back to me. Uh, actually, here's a good one. Speaking of relationships, so Ashley and I have this joke, right? Whenever we do something like, hey, will you do that? And they do, yeah, and we, yeah it's because I'm the boss. I make all the decisions in this house. But then I started thinking about that. Is there anybody that really wants to be responsible for all the decisions in the house? Like, you really want to be in charge of everything. And on the other side, do you really want to not be in charge of anything at all in the opposite side and have someone make all those calls? No, right? That's coming up in like nine minutes on VFX. Your really true friends, your really true loves, they'll give it to you. They'll give you a little burn, a little rub here or there when you do something dumb. Aims with AJ at VFX. That's why my house is a trash-talking house. So one of our jokes between Ashley and I is whenever we get something that's our way, we say, yeah, it's because I'm the boss. I make all the decisions. But I started thinking about it. No one would actually like that, right? One way or the other. You don't want to be in charge of everything, and you also wouldn't want to have everything made for you. Every decision should be joint or split or however you want to say so, and studies show that. I mean, most studies say if you make most of the decisions before you get married, not really good sign. That being said, Cody's on the line. Cody, talk to me. Would you rather be in charge of all the decisions or give up all the decisions, and why? My wife can totally make all the decisions for me. I don't have the best track record. When it comes <laughs> Come to major on. decisions, I got sucked into two different timeshares. Oh. I'll never live that down. Okay, okay. I thought you were being too harsh on yourself, but no, that that's fair. Getting sucked into two timeshares, that 
maybe maybe sit a couple plays out. Maybe sit a couple plays out, and then somebody can come back and help you because that's that's not great. Though I do feel, look, I'm not trying to make a pitch here, but I do feel like timeshares are like everybody was growing up taught about credit cards. Right? They're so bad. They're so bad. There has to be some hidden stuff in there that makes them, if you understand them, not as bad, right? That being said, my mom actually tried to put my name down on one because she bought one, and I was like, absolutely not. I do not want to be on the hook for that. No, 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 no. Uh, when it comes to making decisions, Annie on the line, Annie, would you rather give up the decisions or make all the decisions? Look, my husband's a really capable guy, but Good. I couldn't put him in charge of making all the decisions regarding the kids. I'm not even sure he knows what grades they're in. Oh, so I guess I would just have to take over <laughs> everything. So just for the record, Annie said she would make all the decisions and Cody said I would give them all up. So consensus here is that the ladies are taking the decisions. Honestly, and not surprising, I think the best situation is joint joint decisions on the big things, and then everybody deals in their strengths. For instance, when it comes to our social calendar, if it was up to me, because I am get kind of curmudgeon and I'm a homebody, I don't know, besides the occasional vacation, we would do a ton. But because Ashley's so social and so great, she kind of controls that part of it and keeps us on track, and that's great. And then, like, finance has been something that's been my strong suit, and I've helped her learn hers. So I keep an eye on that one. Whatever the strengths are, I think obviously is the best situation for both because I think it would be either exhausting or just extremely frustrating if you made all the decisions or gave up all the decisions. I think it's a lose-lose for everybody. Just um, Okay, here's a question for you. So if your friend says they have a hobby and you have the same hobby but you've never engaged in that hobby together, is one of you lying I know it sounds hypothetical. It feels like that if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. But I legitimately got into a conversation with a friend yesterday and it dawned on me at a glass shattering moment. It's like, well, if you have that hobby and I have that hobby, how come we've never done it together? That starts to debate a date in less than 10 minutes. VFX. If you and a, let's say a good friend have the same hobby, but somehow you both don't partake of it, is one of you lying? AMs with AJ on VFX. It's the debate at eight. And this philosophical question starts us this morning because here's the situation. So yesterday, I went golfing with my future father-in-law. And I had a great time. I played 18 holes. I only lost like 10 balls, which is not bad because I've been in a couple of years. But it was a good time. I had a good time doing it. And so I sent a picture of the boys because they were complaining about work. And I was like, this is what I'm doing right now because I was off for the day or off at the time at least. And... Uh, one of my friends who, to be honest, is a, a little bit of a know-it-all started talking about the clubs because that's what I took a picture of. And he has become somewhat of a, I would say avid, a semi-regular golfer. And we've talked about this before, but then all of a sudden I had this glass shattering moment where I was like, well, if I like golfing and you like golfing and we're best friends, why have we never done this together? Why has this been a thing that never comes up? And now it's starting to feel like one of us is lying about it. Now, I would say I'm not an avid golfer. Yesterday was my first time in like two years because I don't like going by myself. I have someone to go with because I'm terrible. So I need someone to chit chat to distract me from the horrible day. But I'm terrible. So I need someone to go with. But like I've taken another friend who doesn't like golf whatsoever. I've taken a friend golfing before who's in our friend group. And I was like, is one of us lying about this? Is one of us, is one of us snooty about this? Kind of lends itself to golf it's, itself. It's like, you know what I mean? Like it's like finding out. Video games a big thing for me. It's like finding out that 
I'm into video games and another friend's into video games. It's like, why haven't we ever tried to play some together? Like, if we're good friends, wouldn't we want to hang out or do this thing that we both say is awesome? It just feels a little bit suspicious. I know you grow up, you, you move apart or whatever. It just feels weird that it's never happened if he's into it, I'm into it. And more importantly, not really anybody else in our friend group is super into it. Like, I think they would go, but they would go for, like, the good time, not because they want to go golfing. And I, I'm somewhere in the middle of that, and I think he's more into the golfing part. But, like, it's it's kind of a thing that's our thing. So why is it not a thing? It just doesn't make any sense. And I'm really starting to get a little perturbed about it because I'm like, bro, bro, do you not want to go golfing with me? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because it's starting to feel how it comes off. You like doing it. I like doing it. In the friend group, we're the ones that like doing this. Why are we not doing it? On that same subject, anybody else have a hobby that it somehow – at the same time, relaxes you, but also frustrates you. It's not supposed to. Like, generally, you're supposed to be fun hobbies, right? But then, you know, if you add a little bit of competitive aspect, there's always going to be a little bit of that tension. But does anybody else have a hobby that's supposed to be relaxing, but it frustrates you at the exact time? And so at any given moment, you could love it and hate it. I don't know if it's textbook definition, but I think when you say hobbies out loud, there's supposed to be things people think, oh, yeah, those are things I like doing. That's why I invest my spare time in them. It's the debated eight AMs with the AJ on VFX. But I learned something about myself after going golfing yesterday. I seem to pick hobbies that do, do, don't get me wrong, I do love doing and I get uh, enjoy and they can be relaxing. But at the exact same time, I can find myself hating them because I would say three main hobbies. I'm, I'm loosely putting golf here. I don't play it now, but I would like to do it. Like, if I could find, like, my friend who plays, if we could play, I would go play more often. But, like, I, I sucker myself in every time I go. I'm like, I know I'm going to be bad. I know I'm going to be bad, so I'm just going to have a good time and hopefully not lose too many golf balls. And then I'll have, like, two or three holes where I'm decent. I don't lose one. I play it seemingly well. Like, I'm still terrible, but, like, it's a decent hole. And I go, oh. And I think to myself, and I thought yesterday, I was like, that's, that's why I got into this. I feel like I, at times, have a decent ability for this. And then I'll have the stretch that I closed out yesterday where it was just nothing was close. It was all the way off to the left. Oh, my gosh, I almost hit a car. That one's gone into the trees. And I, I've suckered myself into being like, yeah, I'm not bad at this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm so frustrated again. But I still do it. Like, if so you ask me, I'd go right again because I like doing it. Same relationship with video games. There are ones that I have for different versions. I'll turn to play uh, with friends just to have something mindless to socialize. We'll have things we want to achieve, like play to beat. I'll have things that I play by myself that don't make me have to think very much and all that. And I'll play and I, I like doing them. They're good. They're relaxing for me. But then at any given moment, I'll also be like, God, oh, that was such garbage and be yelling. But like the next day, I will probably play again. It's relaxing. And frustrating. And the other one I would say is just also playing sports. So I guess you could fold golf in that and really say it's two. Because, like, I like to do it. Friends are like, let's go play some football. Let's go play basketball. Great. I've called, you know, hobbies I like to do. I like to shoot around um, and all that stuff. And I will go in. I'll pl I played with my brother last time I saw him in Vegas. And he was like, you want to play? And he was talking some smack. He was confident in his game. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I didn't take it too seriously. Then the game starts. And I'm like, yeah. And then I couldn't hit anything to save my life. And he won the game. And I'm frustrated again. But if you would ask me the next day to play, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. So is that dichotomy good? I don't know. I think it means I care, right? I wouldn't get frustrated if I didn't care. 
and maybe it's the competitiveness as well, which I would take as a compliment, but also I feel like it's probably not a good thing at any given moment to love and hate something all at the same time. Probably ought to be a hobby that I could just be like, this doesn't bother me at all. But, you know, it still works. I still love them. I still participate. Just at any given moment, be like, I hate this as well. As a matter of fact, it was my friend's favorite joke. We used to play, uh, I think it was one of the Call of Duty games. And it, they would quote me whenever I say, I'd be like, oh, I hate this game. Because I would say it all the time because I'd be frustrated. Because, <laughs> you know, originally they have to ask the stupid question, well, then why do you play it? Because obviously I like it. Leave me alone. <laughs> so hopefully you don't have a love-hate relationship with your hobbies. Um, okay, relaxing, right? Let's find something to relax. Here's a good question. Very simply put. Yesterday, I would say almost all afternoon was the best time of the day because a little bit, little bit sketchy early on in the morning. The weather was going to pan out in anything decent, and it was a very nice day. So I would have said yesterday the best time of the day was any time outside from like 11 to 4. It was awesome. But day in and day out, what is it? Is it a specific time? Is it a specific event? Is it when something specific happens? What is the best time of the day? Now that we get, uh, I think it's at least a brief pause in dealing with seasonal depression. I don't think the weather this weekend is going to help anybody. But now that we get a brief pause from that, very simply, what is the best time of day? AMs with AJ on VFX. Because yesterday, for me, it was a huge part of winter. It wasn't like a single minute or moment. It was just being outside in the nice weather doing something fun. That was the best part of the day. It was the best time of the day. And honestly, to be honest, that would be like my second answer because I forget it sometimes. When the weather gets nice... I forget how much, especially in the springtime when we're coming out of winter, how much I feel better being out in the sun. And that would be the best time of day. Whenever that can happen, feels like the best time of day. But it doesn't have to be a specific time. It could be an event. It could be when something happens. Maybe somebody gets home. What would you say is the best time of the day? Tammy commented on our Facebook page. She said, 8 p.m. when my kids go to bed. I get to, she answered for the fold of the day. And I, I mean, it's hard not to nominate, hard not to say when when stuff is done, like when it's completed. Maybe it's when all the dinner's cooked and everything's done, and you can finally just sit down, a la kind of along the same lines as Tammy's uh, answer. Maybe when everything for work is done, and you feel like you can just do whatever you want, whatever the time is, it's your time. I know for me, some of the best moments are when my friends and I get on about the same time, about nine o'clock each most nights. It's oftentimes a good time, and even on nights where I'm like, eh, I'm kind of tired, I'll play a couple. I usually come out and be like, ah, it was a blast. I'm so glad I did it. But what is the best time of day? It's just interesting to see whether it is a specific time, like you say, the day you get out of work, or maybe it's Friday. Like maybe it's tomorrow after the workday is done and you've got the weekend and you can do whatever you want. I would wholeheartedly second, second that. Who doesn't love the time off in the weekend? Maybe it's when someone gets home. Maybe it's just finally when everything is done and you feel like you can finally breathe. What is the best time of day? You can answer on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. While you're on the Facebook page, get your votes in because tomorrow we find out who is the worst parker in Cache Valley for this week's Park Narks, and they are both bad in their own way this week. That's honestly how it feels dealing Park Narks, right? They can't stop. They won't stop parking incorrectly. And honestly... I, I do say that I hope that it does happen, that one day Cash Valley is a place of just perfect harmony and parking. But then at the same time, part of you kind of is like, well, then we wouldn't have anything to make fun of. We'd have to move on to something else. And eh, eh. And it was with AJ on VX, v, <laughs> VFX. 
And this, it's bad. Like, don't be wrong. Nominee number two, and I haven't cast my vote. I wait until tomorrow. It's called cheating because I wait and see who's winning. No, I'm just kidding. I picked the one. But it, I don't want to influence votes, and mine doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong, though. Nominee number two, just resting for a sec. The van pulling the trailer, taking up handy special needs spots and stripy rectangles at the front of the store is just awful. It is just absolutely the worst in terms of its parking. But it's the simplicity of nominee number one is why it makes me so angry. Nominee number one curb marks the spot. This truck has parked at the front of a store, and it's got its back front, back right tire up on the curb. And it's the simplicity of the fact that maybe if it does a, what, quarter rotation backwards, it's off the curb. Now, granted, it's butted. It's sticking way back if it just leaves it there. But, like, How? Why? Just just back up. I don't get this truck flex. It just it just feels like the snow pile thing again, right? Like, look, ha 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 ha, I can climb the snow pile, I'm the best. That's what this feels like. Like no curb can stop the truck. Cool, bro. Like, why? Who cares? So again, I think nominee number two is the most appalling in terms of the actual parking violations, right? Clearly. And, and I, I say that wholeheartedly someone with sympathy for trailers because I don't like driving them. I will, if I have my choice, never drive a trailer ever again because bad things are going to happen. But the simplicity of nominee number one is what makes it a contender because it's just, it has to be the arrogance. There's no way you hit, you got up on that curb and you didn't know you were there. You felt it. You know you're on the curb. But it's like, yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, nominee number two maybe just maybe had a, a whole breakdown and was like, okay. <sighs> I know I look like a jerk, but I need to take a second here because this is a whole thing and it is emotionally and physically exhausting. <laughs> Decide for yourself, though. I cast my vote. Tomorrow we find out tomorrow who is the worst parker in Cash Valley this week on our Instagram, pinned to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. What can I find on Facebook to share on Utah's VFX that is the type of stuff you go there and you're like, oh, this is so refreshing. It's not a toxic waste of, of the internet. VFX's Facebook roulette. It's aims with AJ, the AJ Knight across all social media. I landed on my friend Patrick, shared a post that says, if you don't hype your dog up when you walk in the door, you don't deserve to have one. That's the type of energy we all need when we come home. Dog energy. And then return the energy. Hype each other up. But you remember, remember also it's very important to be able to bring it back down. Bring it back down ahead of a weekend. Especially as we're in this stretch of nice days before it cools down. Also good information to have as well. The AJ Knight. Find an anime across all social media. Utah's VFX as well. Especially as we get ready for the after show with producer Butters and Mima on all channels. Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Utah's VFX. You can vote for Parknarks. Do not forget our job fair is going on today. Starts at 11 and goes till 6 at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Or if you are a fan of early um, version of AJ, it's Castle Park at Hyde Manor. Uh, it's going on 11 to 6. There'll be over 30 vendors. You can interview today. There's immediate start time. Tons of different job types as well. 11 to 6, Castle Manor, Hyde Park. Going on today. Uh, and if you missed anything on the show or anything previously, just search for Utah's VFX anywhere podcasts are like Spotify or iTunes or Google Play. Other than that, enjoy the weather before the rain moves in because, of course, I hate it when it does the inverse. It's so nice to have the nice weather during the week, but it sucks when it's lousy during the weekend. So enjoy. And until tomorrow morning for Abe's with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to VFX.